Hello folks, welcome to the Humble Dojo Podcast. We've got five black belt sensei. <laughs> very important, very deadly people on the podcast today. Say hello, Paul Uren sensei. Hello. Paul Uren from HTKIGB. Say hello, Christian Ogarten sensei. Hello. Joining us from Norway, the land of the Norse. Um, of course, Ross is here. What up? I'm here, my name is Rue, and Kevin Downard, all the way from the USA, is our intern. Um, in the dojo at the moment. So yeah, we're all here and we've just come from Tala from the first day of our summer course and we had Paul and Christian over teaching for us. And I, I really enjoyed it. Christian is on Scott Sensei's tight schedule so we're going to go Christian heavy for the start of this. Um, so Christian Sensei, fantastic class, first class. I didn't get a chance to train in the second class but fantastic first class today. Um, I have lots of questions for you about strength and conditioning. Because cool. your strength and your conditioning is very impressive. <laughs> um, yeah. What uh, the kind of drills that you were doing today? Uh, do you just pull them out the bag to be fancy for for when you're teaching, or is that something you practice all the time in the dojo when you teach? No, I just pull them out to be fancy. In all honesty, <laughs> yeah. it looks really cool and. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, it does though. I like really tall, stretched out Yoko Garis. I mean, it don't underestimate the importance of looking cool. It's uh, as an instructor. Uh, I agree. People, uh, people will look at you, and and some will look, oh look at a young guy just showing off. But some of the young guys will look at that as a like me. Yeah. <laughs> be like, oh, oh damn, <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. No, I think Simon Sensei once said to me like, always be able to do, always have a party trick that no one else can do. Mm. And uh, yeah, today you were full of party tricks that no one else could do. Because <laughs> um, it's I think it's a, it's a nice contrast. Like you do these these very difficult kicking drills today. But you warmed up the class, and you done the same last time you were over. You warmed up with the the very practical leg kick, leg kick, yeah, punch, 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 just to basically smash your partner for five minutes just to warm, get the body awake, sort yep. of thing. Uh, and I think uh, you, your your application. I watched you teach um, the the second uh, second and first cues. Uh, third, second, and first cues. Bass, I die. I saw some yeah, of yeah, your yeah. applications for that. Um, I heard you were showing some excellent applications for your good show show. Like, so you have a nice blend of fancy, very showy off karate, but also some very nasty practical karate. Yeah. Uh, and I just want to know what, like, what's your background in karate? Like, where do you get that lovely blend? Who have you trained with? Who have you stolen from? Um, obviously, we got to meet your sensei uh, today. Um, um, well, yeah. I mean, I I trained with. Many and I, uh, I've nicked a few ideas from from many as well. And I don't, I don't, I just said that it's important. It's important to to look cool and be fancy. Of course, there's a uh, a uh, what do you call it? Tongue in cheek comment. Yeah. Um, uh, but most of my applications are just made up on the spot. In all honesty, uh, and some of them work. And some of them uh, fail miserably, but they're all like just things that happen during training. I want to show this and that part of kata, or I see some of my students who are kind of doing weird things, and I have to, no, no, it's this thing works that way, so it can't be this way that you're doing it. You get? Yeah. And then this kind of application stuff just happens, really. There's a person in the way, and 
pain happens and cool things. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you don't. So, what, what you're saying is, with your application, um, comes is very much in the moment. Like, like how can I make this work? And yeah, that's like the application for Basadai that I showed last year. Yeah, um, with the double IUK to a leg grab and stuff like that. That happened because I was gonna show it as a. Demonstrate to a microphone. <laughs> I was gonna show <laughs> it as a really double, uh, double, um, double IUK, just in case you you can't really see what's happening because you're so close. You could you're just gonna block up, and then you bring the arms down, trapping your opponent's arm. But I, uh, I didn't get the arms. Uh, they just slipped away, and if it was instinctively or just lucky or whatever happened, but I just dropped one knee and there's the leg. So I grabbed the leg, and then I shot forward, punching. And of course, when I had the leg there, then it will automatically turn into a takedown, which was quite a cool effect. And then we did a little bit, hmm, how can we make this more refined, more improved? And it was just a thing that happened, really, and turned into a really cool application. As cool as that sounds, to like going into what Paul Sensei taught today, when he was, uh, Paul Sensei had done an excellent restraining class it was very much close quarters grappling class and one of the things that you said Paul was that you have to practice these things over and over again so that they become habitual mm. and obviously with what you're seeing there Christian is like it just comes to you but you obviously practice that kind of stuff all the time but that the application came because I have practiced the kata mm. so many times mm. that it will come naturally because it's ingrained in 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 my body, really. Oops. You can't do that as a mental activity. You can't be like, oh, there's a punch there, I have to grab it that way, and this angle, and that. Because then you'll just suffer from, you know, choice paralysis, and you have trained all these different flow drills, and somebody grabs your hand, and you're like, oh, it's finally happened! You need to, to have, you need to have done uh, so much kata, so much karate, that the, the choices are made for you. Yeah. And is that, Christian Sensei, what gave you the confidence to be spontaneous in that situation where you were demonstrating, you were in the middle of a course, you had come from afar to teach, and you just had to do a leg grab because your, your first application had failed. Um, is it your confidence in your kata that gave you the courage to be spontaneous there, rather than trying again? Or are you just a really spontaneous person? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, you have to have options. Uh, if you if you want to show, demonstrate an application, then of course you're going to hold a class on that uh, application. It it should be rehearsed. You have to know what you're trying to teach. Um, but uh, things like like the the chicken wing. The, the Tommy Ake. Uh, well, you weren't there. Uh, the Hian Sandan yeah, he elbow application. lock. Yeah. yeah, that came from uh, struggling with the timing for Goji Shio Sho because I didn't like this, you know, the double elbow thing. Yeah. Thing being a, a sharp, like, <laughs> movement at the end because it kind of looks weird and fast. And then you have the double shuto also. One is really brutal, and it's just little sneaky, little. I'm gonna get my hand in there something. It's just bam, bam, just punched it. You know, you have to just. Sometimes you just have to slap a guy. Yeah, I think doing um, that second that second shuto uche came came somewhere uh, came along somewhere relatively recently because there's a video of Osaka 
mm. doing Goji Shio and he does them all fast. He does all the shudos. Yeah, so. he, he does. He, he doesn't even point. He just goes bum, 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 yeah. bum. And, and it's yeah, yeah, bloody amazing. rules in those days, though. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. That way of doing shudo, that one is from my sensei, from Robert. Yeah. Because the first time we did this, I had you know, taught myself the advanced katas at the low grade from YouTube as as one does. Yeah. Uh, and I did this sneaky sort of thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you sure you want to punch someone slow? <laughs> no. <laughs> so would you, would you, when you're practicing kata, would you put application over physicality, like physical training, or do you try and make, perform your kata with application in mind, effectiveness well, that, of That is mind? a, Great question, and I'm, I, I wish my vocabulary was able to keep up with my desire to answer it. Uh, but I'll do my best. Uh, we had it uh, with Scott Sensei uh, yesterday. I talked about the same thing. And one of the things that we Shotokan guys often get discredited for is that our katas are dumbed down, watered down versions. Um, and I think to a point that is true, they are simplified. Uh, simply because of the way they were taught, um, you had to, to to simplify it in order for one person to to teach a, a big group. Um, that's why if you watch uh, Shotokan Kata on YouTube, you can learn it by YouTube-ish. You know, you can get the gist of it. Um, but like like Super Rinpoche or um, or any of the other. Shiryu katas are very difficult to just um, pick up visually mm-hmm. because there's so many intricate little things going on. So what, then, what, where does it go from there? So you're saying Shotokan kata, they're dumbed down because they were taught to huge groups. It was the first <laughs> super popular style. I did not karate. say they were dumbed down. I said they were simplified. Okay, so yes. <laughs> yeah, I, you said something about being dumbed down. Yeah, I said that's the the that's the, uh, the flack get, that we right? get from yeah. from from other groups, which is, uh, in a sense, justified, but um, our katas being simplified or or made more. Uh, or some of our katas are just physical exercises, yeah. uh, which is also a good thing. But just because we don't have access to like the the original meaning of the kata, mm-hmm. that's not a bad thing. I mean, if you want to have a kata that you have the original meaning of, then just make a new kata. It's not that hard. It's just every guy who's at least every shodan has complete capa- cap- cap- capability. Capability, capability uh, to to create his own color. Actually, uh, we rust all your exercises yeah, where four people attack one person in the middle and then you kihonize their movements and make a kata. That's right. That's, that's we did that here that. in the dojo. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I still got all about it. Yeah. Um, guys, I, I really enjoyed. I it. have this as as very angry because this is fantastic. Yeah, stuff. but this was getting just getting but off to a good start. I have just been informed by Scott Sensei that you must now go outside to the taxi that will take you to. I will do so, so. Uh, after finishing my one point, uh, if I have 10 minutes to get to the shower, then I will do so, otherwise I'll show up uh, sweaty and stinky at the restaurant. But it's not a bad thing that our uh, that we don't have access to the original ideas, whether they were lost due to simplification or because everyone who knew them died in the war uh, or something like that. It just gives us more freedom. 
I mean, we have the, the kata and then we have the freedom to develop applications. We don't have one original idea. We have access to all the ones that our creativity will give us. Uh, I mean, this is the this is where the art comes in. You have like like big works of poetry, and then you have the ability for that sim- single piece of poetry to to uh, make new ideas and stuff inside the eyes eyes inside the minds of all those who who enjoy it. You've only drunk half a beer. Man. I know. Yeah, it's it's even Budweiser. <laughs> Um, so so yeah, uh, I mean you you can have a great piece of poetry and uh, one original idea that you can build on, and you can you can make something better than the original of it. Maybe maybe Edgar Allan Poe just really liked birds. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there. Excellent. Uh, yeah. I'm very, we're gonna very have to upset get that this is, on the phone yeah, to talk I, I to I us think we're going to have to yeah. do this over Skype or something. That was excellent, yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you very much for giving me giving us your brief time. Thanks for um, having me. And I look forward to talking more about this tomorrow, yeah? Oh, Sensei. Oh, Sensei. Until next time. Go before Jesus Scott Sensei kills me, yeah? You <laughs> <laughs> can see him just waiting. <laughs> so, uh, going off of what Christian Sensei just said, Paul Sensei, um, you were doing a lot of application-based movements today. Um, you you've done some lovely pieces of kata and made it work in a very realistic way. Um, but Asby, why are you so obsessed with grabbing the wrist? What, what's the story there? Well, I just think it's. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just uh, it was just irony for you, Ross. Mm. So back 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 once upon a time, I I, I confess to Paul. Sensei that uh, I hate it when people do wrist grab applications because I think and whoever who grabs the wrist these days like when's the last time somebody ever went to attack you and grabbed your wrist um, but it's to keep you from drawing your sword man yeah well obviously <laughs> <laughs> or you're but I keep my sword in my you back got. you know yeah. so it's <laughs> like over the bear hug um, <laughs> No, but uh, but obviously, all joking aside, fantastic class today. Um, what were the thoughts behind the, the class? What, what was the inspiration? The inspiration was reading uh, some text, some karate text. I got the big red book from Massimo Braglia and looking into the history of some of the kata and then started reading. I uh, watch a lot of Ian Abernethy these days and quite inspired by that guy. Have you heard, have you heard Ian Abernethy? Can't do it. Hello, Ian Abadati here. Uh, today we're looking at practical kaabunkai. Alright? So, is that okay? Yeah? First thing, you're gonna punch him in the in the in the testicles. And after that, you gouge the eyeballs. Is that okay? Yeah? Alright, everybody give that a go. Excellent. This is brilliant. It's like Thank you very much. <laughs> we could do an interview with you now, but if he just assumed. Yeah, go on then, ask I me wish a question. He was, yeah. <laughs> no, Get he would loaded. probably turn me inside out if he was here. Yeah, but that would be funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't trained with the guy, but I read, I've listened to a lot of his podcasts and. Uh, yeah, it's what? What? There's another karate podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's up the ratings though. So <laughs> you guys will be okay. And uh, yeah, it's just opening up a new element to. So I've I've always had instructors that have applied the practical element of karate. So my big probably my biggest influence in my karate guy was Dave Hazard, who um, always applied karate in three ways. 
when he did a kata, he never taught a kata without applying it. And he would do classical, you know, true technique. Then he would do free flow, like jukumite. And then he would do street application and kill people. Yes. And if you're ever honored to be his uki, you would get whacked. And uh, it was always effective and it was brilliant. Yeah. And uh, I don't think I've developed that side of my karate very well over the years. And that's something I'm looking at more now. I've, uh, <coughs> I was recently getting prepared for um, Denmark. Yeah, as, as everyone I think knows now that um, I'm planning on grading in Denmark. I've been looking at application for mm. My chosen kata, and it's the it's the weakest part of my karate. There's no denying it. Like it is definitely the thing that I give, I spend least time doing. It's definitely something that I don't teach in the dojo enough. Um, I'll teach self defense things. Mm. I never sort of I that, and I think my biggest problem is that in doing other martial arts like jujitsu and MMA and things like that, I tend to have a this is the grappling stuff that mm-hmm. I've done as a martial art this is my karate and never the two shall meet you know and so, I think that that's that's a problem that I have to try and overcome in my training yeah. um, but I what, what you were doing today I think was a very nice way of showing how to bridge the gap between like you ended one of your applications with you know a rear naked choke which is something that I would never find like I would very struggle hard to put that into a karate context mm. because we never like there's no key on choke application <laughs> like you know like, no there isn't um, and, and so it's something that I would find tricky but to watch you do it today was was very nice um, and do you attribute that mostly to Dave Hazard like is that the biggest influence in terms of applications because I know that there's a lot of really good high level sensei that stay away that shy away from applications uh, in um, a big way yeah so he I think Dave more so from a striking perspective he's an incredibly powerful guy only quite small, but mainly striking. Yeah. No, the 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 in close stuff. Um, I just I just play around with it. Yeah. And see what works, and try to make the physical movement. But I don't, to be honest, I don't practice it when I practice kata. I do the kata, and I I feel like in the moment for the kata. But when I go back home and I practice slowly, then I start to think, this technique goes this way. What am I doing? How could I apply that to an opponent? So preparing for today was lots of searching around in my brain for what would that look like. Take it to the dojo, get one of the guys to work with it, work with me. Does it work? Doesn't it work? Yes or no? Then then just carry on. So I yeah I feel like I've become um, I've moved to that type of training really recently, maybe in the last two years. Yeah. So only really recent. I trained for like years, and it's quite new for me. And I'm really interested in it. Yeah. There's a global move. There's a global shift towards practical karate. Yeah. Ian Abernethy is more popular than ever. Um, Other people who, you know, claim to be bringing back the old ways, which is the slogan for these guys in Texas called Karate Culture. You ever heard of those guys? No. It's actually a really nice YouTube channel, and they do some brutal applications. They're Shorin Ryu guys, okay. and they've just opened their own dojo in Austin or Dallas. Mm. Or Even you have guys like Jesse Enkamp, who is, has, for a long time was an advocate for that WKF competition. Mm-hmm. Kata still was in an alleyway not that long ago doing some... Some street application stuff. So I think uh, I think uh, with the popularity of of things like MMA and stuff, I think that people feel the need to try and legitimise the traditional martial arts a little bit more. 
And but it was always well, there. Well, that, well, I think that's what they, they want so to we remind everyone. We shouldn't miss like, it, and I, I feel like I've missed it. So I'm making sure that I don't miss any element of the training. You know, if we practice key on kata and kumite... Like you said, the three keys. Yeah. And then we never converge them, then... We're just making shapes, really, for Kihon. Yeah. And maybe we're starting to apply the principles of movement into Kumite. But Kata's then a separate entity. And it doesn't mean anything. I, I go off the nut at one of the students, Victor. You know Victor, the competition. Yeah, like, I mean, good. he's a, a fantastic fighter. Mm. When we get him to do Kihon or Kata, I always scream at him. And I was like, can you just pretend like you're in a competition just yeah. now and move the way you would, you do there? Like, he's at least a rocket up his ass to get in and done, you know? He's, like, he's starting to get the hang of it a bit now. Like, he's starting to, yeah, you can good. see the shift happening. But, uh, yeah, like, stuff like that. Like, again, he's a situation where he's never, it's always been either a Kumite guy or a Kata guy. Yeah. And that's, and again, the, se- the the separation between the two is, is evident in the dojo and, and what they do. And it's, and it's a, a trap that I don't want to fall into, but I, I, luckily yeah. I've still got a few, a few, I've still got time to sort of find my way and, yeah. and you know bridge these gaps and stuff But and it's part of the journey you know for, for myself um, me too but yeah it's 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 very interesting like the last couple of times I've had the pleasure of training with you I got to train with you in Simon's camp like I said and your application class for Good Shield Show lovely you know that some of the, the techniques and stuff you're doing because what I like is that as much as like okay, this is the technique. You you find a way to do the the in between part rather than again people focus on mm. the shape at the end and the uh, shape at the end has to be your application. You're like you have to make it look yeah. like what the technique is. What I love about when you do applications is that you have to you have to look closely to try and find what technique you're doing. You know, yeah. it's that in between part, which I think is a very tricky thing to do. It's wasted movement. It's wasted arm movements. The first move, good shield show. How can that ever be just a block? What's yeah. that bottom hand doing? Yeah. It must be doing something, otherwise it wouldn't be there. It'd just be a single hand technique. So, yeah, I mean, I've always always been interested in it, but I don't think I've focused on it heavily. I think quite a few years ago when I was running my dojo at the beginning, I would generally have taught syllabus training. We'd have been really good at kata, really good at kumite, really good at, you know, kihon. But there wasn't that extra development in me or all my students for quite a few years, really. Yeah. And do you think like part part of that like I know you you've been a, a squad coach for a very long time. You like when, when did you oh, first become a, a, a competition squad coach? Um, I think it was about two thousand and four, with my old association. Um, I had well, I've got problems with my eyes, so I had a detach, a torn retina when I was seventeen. But I've always had weak eyes. I was told by my um, optometrist when I was about fourteen you shouldn't do karate. And, uh, I think every karate person be told me should yeah, by some yeah, medical yeah. professional you shouldn't do this it's yeah. terrible for your body <laughs> so I'll we said, show you yeah. so, we, so I clearly ignored that yeah. and when I was 17 I was fighting with my instructor one Sunday we used to go squash courts and he used to beat me up which was brilliant and uh, he just caught me with an innocuous technique and I actually worked in the eye hospital it was convenient <laughs> so the next day I was in work everyone was like oh my god <laughs> you can't see it when the retina detaches or it tears you can't see yeah. So they had to put a big lens on my eye, look behind it and say, yeah, you've torn it, get straight in for laser treatment. So I carried on competing in Kumite till I was in my mid-20s. With, but one, it was, with, it, with one eye, basically, yeah? Well, no, I can see fine, but it's just, it's really susceptible for it to happen again. Oh, yeah. So, oh, you don't yeah, want and to get it, hit, yeah? And if it detaches, the, so the last time I spoke to someone, he said, if you did hit training, it could detach. Yikes. So I'd still do it. Yeah. But I don't get involved in heavy Kumite, you know, 
people who escalate, I keep away from them. Yeah. And I have to be careful, but I try and I minimize the risk of the contact. Just which one is it? Well, they're both the same. They've both been lasered. Oh yeah. But it's this this one. This one had the the tear. The right one had the tear. <clears throat> the right. But they're both the same. They <laughs> they they repaired both at the same time actually. There you go. Yeah. But do you think that um, yeah. becoming a squad coach mm. um, had an impact <clears throat> on how you were teaching in your dojo? From time to time, just did the competition become the main focus? I think because yeah, but one of the things fair. I find like a, a struggle is that when you have people who are desperate to compete, mm. you and you maybe are competing yourself, still involved in that competition scene, um, that spills over into normal everyday training because the same guys are in the same class. You know they're in squad sessions, but they're also in everyday class, and you want them to do well. Yeah. Do you end up focusing more? Did you end up focusing more on that sort of competition aspect? Did that affect you, your day to day teaching? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And would you attribute that to the fact that that then took away from that sort of yeah the the practicality, so to speak, of, of yeah. I don't think I was ready for it either. Yeah. I don't think I was ready to do that type of karate. I think that was that point in time where I started coaching our national squad of our association. And to be honest, it was really easy because all the competitors were really top class. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have a massive job to do. I was, I'm very good at organising. We're going to train twice a month, every month. We're going to meet on these days. We're going to do two hours of kata, two hours of kumite, and we're going to smash it together. And the guys did all the work. I just set out lesson plans and gave them structure and videoed everything and did analysis and stuff. <clears throat> but going back to the dojo, I had quite a few of the guys in my club who were some of the good squad members so we yeah we did focus heavily on competition for quite a few years and when that died down then you know because people leave and people move away and go off to uni and stuff then we did change the way we started training and to be honest even the last say three years three or four years um since training with scott sensei my training my karate changed a lot i teach thematically the way i teach the kids now um, coming up through the, you know, once, once they get a couple of grades in, I won't. I'll barely teach syllabus nowadays. Yeah. I will just teach principles, and they are just as good at gradings, and they understand what they're doing up with their body now. So my teaching has changed so much. I think when you have that themed base lesson plan, <clears throat> you can like what's great is that you can start off basic with something from the syllabus, and then it can yeah. progress to that sort of next level sort of again combining the three k's so you can apply it to each yeah. aspect of karate and then bring it all back together and and at the end of the class you see what we're doing just now is the exact same as what we were doing yeah. as when we st started off the class and i think that that is a big key that i think a lot of instructors miss out in in karate like theme-based teaching is the way to go i Definitely. think um because you can teach a white belt and teach a sandan in the same class that's what that's what ends up happening here a lot in our adult classes it's all like apart from um the monday nights because we will on mondays it ten, tends to be a catadee and scott says we teach that class and we will go over um much more advanced uh katas and stuff so junior grades get a bit lost and, and they wouldn't benefit from it that much but on thursday nights when scott says he teaches tuesdays and wednesdays when i'm teaching it is for example, we've got uh, what three new beginners that have just kicked off uh, training in the last month or so, adults, and then you have like sometimes Tommy Sense will walk down to one of my classes, <laughs> and you so you've got a, a fifth dan, and then somebody who's been at 
karate for a month and you're in the same class and you have to be able to give them both something to yeah. say well it was worth coming down yeah. you know and I think if you try and do something <clears throat> again if you try and work on one of the three K's or the three K's it's not going to work you have to have that that blend that can go from one to the other yeah I taught that way for a long time and yeah you know you can get an instructor come in to teach you Agyuki Akatsuki for two hours and you just think why did I bother but Scott could come Scott Sensei come to my dojo and teach Akatsuki for five hours and it would be absolutely you know captivating for the level of detail the body you know the mechanics of the body movement um yeah, just focusing on principles on all the themes <clears throat> that he's trying to put across you're not really doing Gakusuki are you of course yeah. but you know that's just the end product of what he's he's basing it on so yeah it's teaching and understanding karate at a much higher level and I'm really glad that three years ago that I made the decision when I was kind of nowhere with my dojo that this was where I would this is where I would like to go and I spoke to Scott and Simon about it and it, and it was worked out brilliantly for me because I said to them at the time I'm 40 now and I don't want to be 50 and think I just wasted my last good super fit 10 years of my karate life and just died. My karate was never going to die in those 10 years. I wanted to improve. My karate is improving still. Nice. I mean, I think I, I just came back from a, a Steve Ubel trip in San Diego and he's in his 70s. Wow. And is better than any other. And he's, I, I was thinking to myself, he has gotten even better since the last time we <laughs> It's funny, like, uh, and that might sound silly, but I, I honestly thought even the way he, whether it be maybe not necessarily his karate, but definitely the way he was teaching compared to okay. years previous when I've been teaching, I've ever thought he, he understands how to get the message across better now than he did four, like four years ago when I maybe I first trained with him. Or uh, like there certain things where, like, and that might come across as a bit, I don't know. Who are you to say that whether he's well? It's your, it's, it's that's, your experience that's I, in the class. That's right? what I took away from it. I was like, he even he's finding ways to improve still. Uh, and Scott Scott says he said, I think he's even faster than when I was over last year. And you know, there, it was that it's, it's that way. We were both saying like that's that he's still improving. And I think that if you train right with mm. the correct body mechanics <laughs> there's no reason why you can't keep progressing yeah, yeah. like the like and, and maybe not physically progress but definitely in terms of efficiency mm-hmm. like a lot of the fat of the technique is taken away a lot of the the unnecessary effort that you're putting into techniques get taken away um so it's good i mean it's again great to hear that you've you've felt that you've not wasted those last years you know Absolutely. Or oh, you're not wasting them anyway. No, Speaking not. of uh, teaching thematically, um, mm. how long would you have liked to have spent teaching us Gankaku? Um, because I, so just that was the theme of your class. I mean, that was the the applications you were teaching were based on Gankaku, and then in the second session you mm. only had forty five minutes, uh, so we practiced the kata basically, having previously gone through the applications. What else would you have done? I just think I would have done the same, but I would have done done it in more depth. I think. Yeah. Um, you said you skipped over some applications, right? Yeah, we missed a few. We demonstrated them quickly, didn't we? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. yeah, I would have. I would have gone to a bit. When more. he says "we," folks, he means <laughs> he tortured me for everyone else's amusement. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Videos coming to check out Scott Langley's Facebook hey, hey, page for the videos. Me and Tommy had got them. Worse than once, replicated them. Fine. The <laughs> yeah, they did. To be fair, um, I missed the question now. Oh, uh, what else would you have done with that class? 
Because you were you were you were limited by the you know the time available to us. Well, I would have really liked to bring a flow drill of all the bunkai into one. Wow! Fire. Yeah. So when I did my Yondang grading in two thousand and four, I think, um, I I had to prepare a cutter and then application for all of the moves, and I thought uh, I had one really good Nidan student, Aaron, at the time, and uh, he was training training with me a lot, and I said, why don't why don't we just do something that works as a complete fight for Good Show Show it was. Mm. So we, I presented that, so I presented the cutter to the grading examiners and then said, I'd like to present this to you, which they weren't used to, but they, they kind of went, mm, right, <laughs> crack on. <laughs> crack on with that. And, uh, and, and they said, right, that was good. So then can you break each section down for us and show us what you did and then show an alternative application for each of those moves as well which I prepared, but it felt nice to have that complete fight. So the, what, uh, the, what I like about the type of practical application and turning into a flowing drill is you can flow from one to the other, or maybe I do one, you do one. Oh, yes, yes, so yes. flowing back, back and forth. And forth. Yeah. That was my aspiration at the start, but I wasn't sure how much time. Then I messaged Scott It'd saying this week. It'd be better if you were week. doing all the applications, right? Well, no. <laughs> Well, I could demonstrate them, and you could hit me back. Then I would have been a bit of a fair cop, wouldn't it? <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, that would have been nice. A lot more time on the principles of the kata, like technical principles, because we only did three drill, two or three drills, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that summed up like the pivoting aspects, hall and be uh, hall, ball and heel pivot, mm -hmm. and um, then some core strength and leg strength exercises that you need for a gankaku sort of um, gankaku kamai and um, some of the techniques that you have to flow into nice and slowly mm -hmm. so it's definitely a favourite I mean yeah me too yeah, I love that kata excellent such a brilliant six. I really like it I think it relates to everyone because you know I'm a stronger karateka but and then I was chatting to Simon about it he's oh it's nice and light kata well I think it's explosive so I get what he's saying because he loved it because he was an MP guy and a Ganku guy mm -hmm. and I'm a Sochin guy but I really like Ganku because I can do that in an explosive way so I don't know if it's me. my level or what but I don't understand when people put an adjective on a kata unless it's long kata or short kata <laughs> otherwise I'm like it's a light kata what are you talking about you think about? if you try and meet hang on and Sochin I, I see how Sochin is a, a heavy kata because it's Nearly mm. all Fudo Dutch, okay? Yeah, yeah, but besides Sochin, I don't get it. You don't think the, I don't know, for example, yeah, well, with uh, MP, the mm -hmm. changing in height all the time, the changing in direction rapidly, you think if you try and be heavy when you do that, it's going to be as good as someone who is a bit lighter on their feet? Well, first of all, I think people have gotten their, gotten this idea in their head that it's called the flight of the swallow because you go up and down while you're doing it. But I've been told by Scott Sensei that you change height twice in that kata only. <laughs> Everything else is supposed to be the same level. The first kiai, you're not supposed to change height there. You're supposed to say, you're supposed to say well, the, the... Are you or is, or is that something that has been, <clears throat> been developed in order to train the body? Well, yeah. And then you see old school guys like like really on the that yeah. well, there's a lot that of get on the if you look at the old Kosovo school versions there's a lot of, a lot of, of changing leaning heights, there's yeah. a lot of yeah definitely your center drops okay but I'm not practicing the kata that way no not at all so how am I supposed to think of it as a light kata when I'm not going up and down or a flight of some swallow but are you heavy when you do it do you think 
Ach, I don't know. You no, jump I'm as not well. heavy and I'm not. <laughs> yeah, it's got a jump in it. Techniques are short and sharp. Yeah. I, when I do when I do MP, I think of hand sand down. I think of techie because that has that light sharp movements. So you're not plonking yourself there and throwing these gidambarai agsuki. You're you know firing them quick. Sure. And then there's that explosion, expansion, and drive. One of my my favourite sessions is that. Yeah, right. I just shuttle, switch shuttle. Yeah, shuttle. That's boom, 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 boom. You got super sharp and light with that bit. Yeah, yeah. I think it's light cutter. Not for not for the flight of the swallow thing. Just because of the techniques, the way the timing's put together. Just to go down opinion. Oh, that's fine. That's only my opinion, regardless of grade. No, I I sometimes let the showdown opinions out just to. But that was good. No, do that because you're right. I had a big argument. I had a well, not an argument. I had a discussion. With a uh, Matt Payne sensei who uh-huh. will be coming to teach at Christmas, um, I believe. Good. Um, but he is uh, one of Rick Jackson's longtime students. He's trained with Steve Ubel sensei for a very long time. He is at Loughborough University, and he's uh, a professor, a doctor in biomechanics. Mm. And um, he understands the way the body works more than anyone. But I was having a a, dis- a discussion with him after a. a jolly old night as the night was winding down <laughs> about about Furudachi and, and how Furudachi is meant to be the immovable stance and rooted stance and da 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 and I was saying really if you push at me from the front angle where all the techniques come from because your knees are so bent it's very pliable it moves a lot compared to Zenkutsudachi which has that structure of your everything's pointing in the same direction therefore when you push against it there's that that you feel that if somebody pushes you your back heel is pressed into the ground you don't have that when you actually make food of Dutch mm. really and I think if everyone everyone go home and try it and get someone to push you mm. you'll, you'll <laughs> feel like my knee sticking way out to the side this yeah. foot's way out to the side that's not and it's probably position. probably got that idea from the name of the stance. It means rooted stance, right? Yeah. However, which we we realised recently here at the do- uh, well, we had Rick Jackson, and he was oh, I can't remember exactly how he put it, but he's he's tried to tell us that your Renoji Dutch is your Fudo Dutch, your Shizentai is your Fudo Dutch, and then it turns out that in Kyokushin Karate, they call it Fudo Dutch. When they're standing the way yeah. we do in Shizentai, they call it Fudo Dutch. <laughs> so that's their rooted stance. It's very interesting, and I think it's a men- it's a mental, spiritual way of being rooted rather than physically. I, I I couldn't agree more. Not that I can do it anyway. I mean, you could knock me over no matter what stance I'm standing. <laughs> <laughs> you could pick her up and turn her upside down yeah. and still be in his stance. Like. <laughs> Um, I'm going to bring Kevin Sensi into this conversation. The intern Kevin, because that was his first experience of a course in Dublin, or what we tend to do every grading seminar. You got to see the way the gradings work today. Uh, what did you think of the classes today? What did you take away from the classes as as uh, intern trying to soak up as, like a sponge as much information as possible? Uh, what was your opinion of the day? Um, very good training. A lot of information to absorb, you know, and I, I, I really liked your class, how it, it started with application, and then the second part you came back and then you went to the kata, instead of some may do kind of the kata and then go to the application onto it. So, I mean, a very good spin on on that, you know, nice. And then, of, of course, with um, Christian, um, I've, you know, I've heard of him. I think I'm more familiar with Paul, even though we've never met, but we've kind of on Facebook, and I got a, a little bit of um, 
kind of understanding on on what you do, but you know, Christian is kind of like a who's this guy on there, and I was like, no, oh, pretty good stuff. <laughs> yeah. you know, but you know, he's impressive. Huh? I, I, coming off like the inst- the first week of the instructor's training, when like my legs are screaming, and then he he's <laughs> as he like bending way down. I was like. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a little tough with that, but uh, you know, still, still very good, very good technique, very good, uh, very good class. Uh, it took a lot of good information. Question for Rue: How did you find the leg exercises that we did? Actually, um, as someone who's been here for what is it, all, ten months now? Yeah, ten months of. I had of, a difficulty with them from a mobility uh, point. But not a strength point. Not a strength point. Uh, that was the bit where I like it's nice to know when your training works. Yeah. And that was the point where I w- I was st- the uke for Christian Sensei's first class, and I had to stand there while he while he put himself in a very very difficult contorted sort of like contortionist almost like position, and then ex- and then unravel into a fantastically flexible and beautiful and very effect like very, still. His kicks are very effective, even though he, he called it flashy earlier on. Still very effective. Yeah. Like, I was feeling a thud every time he was hitting me. It definitely yeah. would, he definitely has uh, the ability connected. to make it work, um, mm. undoubtedly. And going, oh, my God, that is impressive. But then going and trying to do it and be like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> it, it was just it was very interesting. So even though your legs are screaming, Kevin, I think that... That that's a sign that it that it's working, and I think that mm-hmm. if you stick after this, if you stick at the same sort of regime, you'll find a massive yeah. difference in your in your overall strength. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just Huge. felt like there's no way I'm pulling this off, and and then I, <laughs> I look over at Scott, and he's like, "Do it!" <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> Uh, every every time Christian demonstrated one of those contortionist moves where he like kicks, he like, expands from this squatted position up into a beautiful kick, and then and then you're like, okay, go try, and then I'm paired up with Paul Sensei, and I look around, and there Scott is, arms crossed, looking at me like, <laughs> go on then, show us how to do it. Oh, you're gonna do it the easy way, are you? <sighs> the one that he did, which seemed a little bit like wizardry to me, was the Shirogeri from a lunge. No, 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 no. From the cross he, leg. He, no, it wasn't even the cross leg. He'd done a shirogeri and he'd done the... Us. <laughs> we were just done, talking about you. <laughs> he'd done the shirogeri from having his foot-to-foot position. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, he, and he had and, his and way managed, of, like... And managed to still get round to the centre. Moving his, moving his centre into the centre while also pivoting on one leg. That was very good. Yeah. Scott Sensei has just joined us. Uh, Scott Sensei then came across and demonstrated it perfectly as well. (laughs) My arse. But yeah, I I thought today was excellent. Yeah, and I'm glad to hear that you took a lot from it, Kevin. Very good. Unfortunately, folks, that's all we have time for. Scott Sensei once again has to rein in on our parade and take. Unstructured away for dinner. Well, you know, if I was ever invited on these things, I would have stayed a little bit longer and come maybe a little early. But you know. Never am, so... We'll okay. have to get Scott Sensei on another no, podcast. No, it's fine. No, <laughs> it's fine. Let me just pay for instructors to come over so you can interview them for free. That's what. That's that's my raison d'etre. That is what makes me wake up in the morning thinking, who can I invite over so you guys can drink beer and talk bollocks to? 
whilst I'm waiting here, the, hungry. This dojo thrives on positivity and, and togetherness and support. And, support and, yeah, it's uh, a and you just heard it there, folks. <laughs> if you wonder where we get it from. <laughs> um, that said, that said, uh, before we go, uh, Paul says you you are one f- you love a fail. You love you love a fail. Or grabbing your wrist. You love a fail. A fail. A fail. And before you go, before we sign off, I would love to hear a fail of the. It, can't, it doesn't have to be of the week. Just a recent. No, I have fail. a fail of the week. You have a fail of the week. Let's yeah. See so I spent the last six months trying to work out a new structure for my team in work. And uh, we managed to get financial approval this week, which we fought really hard for. I've been schmoozing the executive team in the hospital endlessly. And we presented the new structure to the team this week. And they went, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Paul, for coming Oz. on the podcast. Okay. Enjoy your dinner. We'll see you later on for a pint. Bows and osses. Oz, 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 oz.